Hey, welcome to the Bible Savvy Podcast, a weekly conversation on how to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. I'm your host, Nikki Lucas, and I'm joined by Executive Pastor Eric Ferris and Teaching Pastor Clayton Keenan. We're about to jump into another passage from the Bible Savvy Reading Plan, but before we do, guys, I have another question. If you could change what people say after someone sneezes, what would you change it to? So you're not saying God bless you. You're saying something else. What would it be? All right. Now that we want to reduce people being blessed. Right. Although it is weird that we say anything at all when someone sneezes. Because we don't say anything at all for other bodily functions. We mostly just ignore it when someone makes a noise out of their body. But with this one, we feel compelled to say something. So it's weird. But um, I would change it to huzzah. Because this is what I'd want. I'd want someone to like sneeze in a public place, like in a restaurant. And the whole restaurant goes, huzzah, after the person sneezes. Like that, that would be what i do. Okay. Good. Good. Eric? I have two answers. One answer is for the person that doesn't fully sneeze. You know, like they try to hold it in. It's like the, huh, huh, And so what I want to yell is, let it out. Like your body is trying to cleanse itself of something. So I I think sometimes for all of the like non-sneeze sneezers, it should be let it out. My other answer is nothing if they've sneezed like four or five times. So after like the third sneeze, you don't get a bless you. You just need to go take care of your business. Like there's something going on. Get it under control. <laughs> Blow your nose. Do something. That's what but, I'm saying. But no more blessings. Get it under control, people. Yeah. Do you do you say bless you at the second time? Like if I sneezed a second time, would you say bless you? Yes. Mm-hmm. I would too. Yes. Really? Like if you're at my house, every time you sneeze, I will say bless you. Whoa. And and it's it becomes increasingly sarcastic the more times you sneeze. <laughs> yeah. I don't really heartfelt mean it when I say it. My answer, along the lines of what he said, would be blow your nose. My nose is starting to tickle. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to sneeze on the the mic. Go ahead. Finish, Nikki. Sorry. (laughs) Mine would be blow your nose because I have been around so many people who just keep going and going. And there's like a box of tissues right there. Or, you know, there's there's a bathroom down the hall and they could go grab some toilet paper. And it's torture. So just blow your nose. It usually helps. To, like, get rid of that kind of thing. I remember even saying to somebody, hey, you know, there's some tissue. You want to blow your nose? And, and he was like, nah, it doesn't help. And I was like, what? Yes, it does. Go blow your nose. It, it helps you not spray all that on me. That's right. That's right. What, what kind of sneezers are you two? Are you hold it in sneezers, no. quiet sneezers, loud sneezers, let it rip sneezers? What do you do? I, well, I just sneeze out loud. It, I'm not like a crazy, I don't make like a crazy noise, but it's just a normal volume. I, I'm afraid after... After hearing Eric's response, I think I I, I hold it in more. Yeah. Like I try to minimize how loud it is, <laughs> but I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's a squeak, but it's definitely tried to subdue it. It's put the silencer on. You know, when people take their index finger and put it straight and put it under their nose as if it's doing something. <laughs> That doesn't make any sense. Do people really do that? I, I don't know if that's just a, a movie cartoon humorous no, thing. No, but people like, really do oh, that. Man. I let it rip, man. I do the full blown dad sneeze at home. Like it's like I look like I'm scared. So I was like, I bring the full force of the sneeze. I wish I would you would video podcast for that one. Um, oh, that's amazing. Okay, well, Clayton, let's get into this passage. Yeah, we had a great time talking about sneezing. 
Uh, we will bless you. If you're ever around us, we will bless you. I would actually bless Clayton if he, before we got into the passage, he would talk about what's coming up here at Christ Community Church. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, we that's did right. want to talk about that. That's right. Um, so this coming Thursday, we have a Bible Savvy Workshop on the book of Jeremiah. Uh, you can still register for that. Uh, we've got a professor from Wheaton College coming. Um, his name is Michael Graves, and he is going to be talking about um, the, the book of Jeremiah, which we're going to be in for uh, a, a stretch of time here. It's a longer book, so getting some orientation to it is going to be helpful. Um, so you can sign up, and we'd love to see you there. Also starting this week is Bible 201, which is a six-session workshop taught by yours truly. Now, I have to admit here, since we record these podcasts a few weeks in advance, it is possible that if you go to the website right now that this workshop is already full. I do not know because I can't see into the future. But Bible 201, you can check out the description on the website to see if it's for you. But I will simply say this. If you are brand new to Bible reading, like you've never read the Bible, you're intimidated by the Bible, you don't even really know the full difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament, Bible 201 is not for you. You want to start with Bible 101, which is a class that we have for people who are brand new to Bible reading. But if you're curious about Bible 201, and if it might be good for you, check out the website, see the description, and see if there's still some openings. For what it's worth, Bible 101 is listed currently on the website. So if you're interested in that, it's coming up in October, uh, but you can still sign up for that now. Awesome. All right. What passage are we looking at today? We are going to be in Psalm 144. So this is a little deviation from what we normally do. Um, If you've been following the Bible Savvy reading schedule for a while, you know that during the week we are reading through consecutive books of the Bible. Uh, But at early point when we were deciding, all right, how do we schedule this? We had to ask the question, do we just read through the Psalms? And we said, that might be a weird, you know, five months of reading to just read through the Psalms like that. And also the Psalms are meant to sort of permeate your life. They're supposed to be the the sort of thing that you go to and they're regularly guiding your prayer. And so what we decided to do is we said, you know what we'll do? We'll make weekend readings where we are working our way through the Psalms. So we have one Psalm every week that you may or may not do. A lot of people will just read through the weekday readings and not really worry about the Psalm, but it's there. And so we want to highlight it. And for those of you who do uh, read through the Psalms that way, we wanted to give you some examples of how to do that. So uh, we just picked this weekend's reading and it's Psalm 144. Little context here. Um, This psalm is, uh, you'll see at the top, is a psalm of David. Um, That's one of the tips for reading the psalms, um, is to actually look and see if there's any uh, information about the person who wrote it or the situation they were in. In this case, we don't have uh, a ton of situation. Uh, We're going to pick some of it up by the language that's used there, but it was written by King David. Um, Another thing, just in terms of the genre we're talking about, this is poetry. So poetry always uses kind of figurative language, and so there's a lot of imagery that's worth highlighting and looking into and saying, what does this mean? How does this evoke things? And the Psalms often use a lot of language, uh, truths about God that we highlight. So looking for titles of God is a really helpful thing. If you are looking for more information about how to read certain genres of the Bible, uh, a place where we have a guide for that is at BibleSavvy.com. There is a page in under the context section that will tell you about different types of literature in Scripture. But also, as usual, the Bible Project guys, they have videos on each genre of Scripture, which are worth checking out. All right. Psalm 144. Here we go. Praise be to the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. He's my loving God and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield in whom I take refuge, who subdues peoples under me. Lord, what are human beings that you care for them, mere mortals that you think of them? They're like a breath. Their days are like a fleeting shadow. 
Part your heavens, Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains so that they smoke. Send forth lightning and scatter the enemy. Shoot your arrows and rout them. Reach down your hand from on high. Deliver me and rescue me from the mighty waters, from the hands of foreigners, whose mouths are full of lies, whose right hands are deceitful. I will sing a new song to you, my God. On the ten-stringed lyre, I will make music to you. To the one who gives victory to kings, who delivers his servant David. From the deadly sword, deliver me. Rescue me from the hands of foreigners whose mouths are full of lies, whose right hands are deceitful. Then our sons in their youth will be like well-nurtured plants, and our daughters will be like pillars carved to adorn a palace. Our barns will be filled with every kind of provision. Our sheep will increase by thousands, by tens of thousands in our fields. Our oxen will draw heavy loads. There will be no breaching of walls, no going into captivity, no cry of distress in our streets. Blessed is the people of whom this is true. Blessed is the people whose God is Lord. All right, let's start with O, which stands for observations. What do you guys see in this passage? Um, I want to observe the way that Eric read the passage. There was just a ton of passion in his voice. Um, There was like confidence in it, you know. And to me, that's what I get when I read a a psalm. There's so much vivid imagery and powerful truth about this God that we're reading about and learning about. And I think that's that's how David wanted it to be read. That's how he prayed it. That's how he sang it back to God, you know? That's that's my observation. That sound means it's time for your comma tip of the week. Psalms have great content, but you don't read them like a theology text or instruction manual. They're not straightforward like the New Testament letters. In some ways, the Psalms are meant to be felt. They are poetry and songs. So if you want to understand and enjoy the Psalms, you got to feel them too. When using the comma method in Psalms, you'll want to try to make the following observation. What is the main emotion of this Psalm? Name it. Then ask if that emotion changes at any point during the Psalm. Do that and you'll be well on your way to understanding, enjoying, and applying the Psalms to your life. And this has been your comma tip of the week. Nice. Nice. That worked well. Um, My observation here in verse 2 Lots of truths about God. He's my loving God, my fortress, my stronghold, my deliverer, my shield, and whom I take refuge. Uh, there's there's a lot of imagery there, a lot of titles for God, um, and any one of those could, you know, you can kind of vividly see, you know, again, the imagery, um, and it tells us something about God as a, a protector. Uh, my, my first observation, I think, is where I see the, the change in the emotion, maybe, of this psalm. So in, in verses like three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's asking the Lord to do something. Part your heavens, Lord, come down, touch the mountain, send forth lightning, reach down your hand from on high. Uh, he's asking God to vindicate or save him from his enemies. And then the emotion changes in verse nine. I will sing a new song to you, my God, on the 10 string lyre, I will make music to you, right? That's where I think there's a, there's a turn in the emotion of this psalm. That's a common pattern in the lament type psalms. So this one doesn't feel like a lament in the same way that some others do where it's like, oh, how long, you know, like you're down in the pit. But it is still a, I'm in a desperate situation. I need God to intervene. Most laments have a movement from that feeling of desperation to a feeling of hope, you know? And so there, there, you often see that shift that, that Eric pointed out. Uh, 
observation of mine is verses three, uh, verse three. Um, it says, what are human beings that you care for them? Mere mortals that you think of them. So the God of the universe cares for you and he thinks about you. Uh, that's a beautiful image. And then I love that you skip all the way down to verse 12. Um, it's like David is looking towards the future. Then our sons in their youth will be this, and our daughters will be this, and our barns will be like this, and our sheep will increase. And it's like he knows that God knows him, and he cares for him. And he's saying, God, these are all the things that I know that you can do, and I believe that you will do because you know me, and you think about me, and you care about me. I've got a couple of images here that evoke other parts of the Bible. So in verse 5, when it says, part your heavens, Lord, and come down, touch the mountains so that they smoke, um, that that feels a lot like Mount Sinai, you know, the, the, when God came down and Moses goes up and he gets the Ten Commandments and forms a covenant, like, it's thunder, lightning, it's, it's a, like a storm on a volcano with an earthquake, you know, like, it's it's like the whole thing's getting ripped apart is what it feels like, you know, the, the tear the heavens, part your heavens and come down kind of thing. Um, and then uh, a couple of verses later, uh, it talks about uh, deliver me, rescue me from the mighty waters. So that feels like the Red Sea situation, uh, you know, from the hand of foreigners. So it's, uh, you know, at the Red Sea, they had this, um, you know, army of Egyptians that were chasing them, and then they had to part through the waters. David's uh, in whatever situation he's in, but he's thinking, I need that kind of deliverance. I'm thinking about how you rescued back in the day, and I need that kind of power in this one. Uh, my next observation might be sexist, but you guys can you guys can <laughs> okay. evaluate. Okay. I think it has to do with my anticipation of what the text would say and what it actually says. It says, then our sons in their youth will be like well-nurtured plants, and our daughters will be like pillars carved to adorn a palace Mm -hmm. in my head if you were writing this song or writing this poem would you not have the sons be the pillars and the daughters be the well-watered plants Mm. no i think in my mind when i read that um i well i guess when he says well-nurtured plants i don't know when i read that i thought of like a tree so like trees are like they're big and they're broad and they have like a wide breadth to them. You know what I mean? So they're like, they're sturdy. So if that's what he wants his son to be like, that those trees can be huge, right? And then you've got daughters uh, carved to adorn a palace. Uh, pillars for those palaces, they were beautiful and they were intric- intricately shaped and designed. To me, that's what I looked at. That was the imagery that popped up into my mind. Is that that's sexist? a good, that's a good know, point. But... And I'm actually looking at my NIV study Bible right now, which half of the page is a picture of a palace oh. with, with columns, yeah. columns. Yeah. The pillars carved and it's all women. Yeah. I think yeah. it's strength and beauty to me. That's what I had thought of. Yeah. Here, here's the other thing to think about. So not to say that men are not, you know, yeah. beautiful. It, you guys what, are beautiful. Thank, thank <laughs> you. Thank <laughs> you. We appreciate this that. podcast episode just got weird. <laughs> <laughs> so let me let me also point this out. There is something about the language of Psalms. Um, the, in the, there's uh, the normal pattern for Hebrew poetry is called parallelism. So what that means is two, uh, something is said twice in two different ways, and it's often either a development or kind of a completion of a thought. And so in this case, um, when you've got this, these parallels, our sons in their youth will be like nurtured plants. Our daughters will be like pillars in a palace. Um, those are parallel lines, and you're meant to read them as 
usually they are reinforcing each other. And oftentimes they are ways of saying uh, something comprehensive. So if you say, our sons are like this, our daughters are like that, what it means is our children have all of these qualities. So even if you say the thing about the first group mm-hmm. and then you say it about the second group, you are not saying the first group is not that or whatever. You're saying this applies to the whole range of everybody. Um, and so that, that may be what's going on there. And so the psalmist may have been less particular about the, does this apply to men, women, gender, feelings, and whatnot. So gotcha. there you go. There you go, Eric. What I do like about the imagery there is um, it. there's something like that feels so satisfying about the picture. You know what I mean? Like uh, you've got the the children who are um, they're, they're growing strong mm-hmm. and they're, they're, they're solid. And then you've got these barns that are bursting and you've got, you know, the, 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 the oxen are pulling these heavy loads. It's like the, the cart is so full of things that you can't even like, you know, the oxen are straining to do it and there's no cry of distress anywhere. And there's, there's something about that that feels like, oh man, this is the way it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the Bible does use a lot of that imagery of like these material overflowing abundant things. And some of it is figurative of things, but I also think it's even more literal than we think. Like in the new creation, that's what it's going to be like. Like it's strong, healthy people. It's going to be overflowing with abundance. There's no cry of distress. Like there's something beautiful about the deliverance that God brings. Yeah. And then in verse 15, it says, blessed is the people of whom this is true. Uh, Blessed is the people whose God is the Lord. So it's not true of everyone. It's true of God's people. All right, we are going to move on to the next M in comma. We're going to start with meditation today, and we're going to use verse 2 here, which has a number of uh, truths about God that we identified. And what I'd like you to do for the next 45 seconds after I read the verse, go ahead and pick one of those truths about God and spend some time praising God for that aspect of who he is. He is my loving God and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer my shield in whom I take refuge, who subdues peoples under me. Let's talk about the other M in comma, which is message. How would you sum up something from this passage in a sentence or two? My message comes from uh, verse three. uh, What are human beings that you care for them? What are mere mortals that you think of them? And I just said, God cares for you and he thinks about you. Mine is very, very, very close to that. I would say it this way. He sees, he cares, and he can. Mm. Mm. There you go. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's that's. That's, that's a preaching outline right there. That's there you awesome. Go. Um, my message is this. God delivers us from our enemies into an abundant future. And there's a part of me that wants to add a little phrase, but it, it, it's kind of going beyond the passage. But I want to say through the son of David, he does those things. Because you'll see in verse 10, it says he, he, did, uh, he gives victory to his kings. And so I think there's something about um, David praying this now 
in this moment that points to his future son who does this in the bigger way. Um, and so God delivering us from our enemies into a bu- an abundant future. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about the A in comma, which is application. What do we do in response to this? Yeah, so for my uh, application, yeah, I was thinking, you know, in like our finite mind, sometimes we can think that God is too busy to care about the details of our lives, but um, he is so infinite that he's capable of tending to everything, including um, our very needs. And so uh, for God, God cares for you and he thinks about you, that understanding that makes me want to pray with confidence, knowing that uh, he knows what I need. And he's willing to do, uh, he's willing to do that. He's willing to meet me where I am and take care of what I need. My application is to not go after Nikki during the application portion, because I'm going <laughs> to once again, just repeat in other words, what she just said. If God sees and he cares and he can, that means I shouldn't hold anything back yeah. in my prayer life. Just bring it all to him. Mm. Uh, my message uh, that God delivers us from our enemies into an abundant future um, I, I think that the application is less of a specific action, and it's more that that feeling. We're talking about the emotions that you're meant, meant to feel in uh, in the Psalms, and it's praying with hope that there's a sense of there is a future ahead of us. That even when there's trouble around, that there is an abundant future. There is uh, overflowing goodness coming from God, and uh, whether it's a situation in this life or in the, the long-term fu- future of the new creation, uh, He's not withholding from us. God will deliver us into that. Well, there you have it, friends. Thanks for listening this week. Join us next Monday for a new episode. We'll be looking at another passage from the Bible Savvy Reading Plan. In the meantime, if you're not following along with the plan, you can check out BibleSavvy.com to download it and to start reading. Also, you can subscribe and leave a review yeah, on whatever. Yeah, do that. Whatever. Subscribe. Why did you stop? <laughs> I thought yes. you were left to legitimate question. I got her. Oh. I made her stop. Anyone that's listening, anyone that's stuck to the end. Also, you can subscribe and leave a just review got that little on whatever bonus platform you're listening of me throwing on. Email us your questions or suggestions at podcast at biblesavvy.com. Lastly, subscribe. tell your friends. Subscribe. And we'll talk to you subscribe. next week. Subscribe. <laughs>